The Big Small Business Show is brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Transform the future of your business. Partner with the CASA today. Everywhere you go, MTN. On the menu today, one of the most important things I've instilled in the business is that when a person wants their money, they get it straight away. And I think that builds that level of confidence and, and you get the referrals. But what happens is if you've been stressed too frequently in a day or too frequently in a week or for a prolonged period of time for months on end, you have a corruption of the system where the stress, the rising stress hormone levels actually don't trigger the off switch, so to speak. And then you can zone in on the competencies or the things that are going to make you unique in that target market. So this is more this is at, the at the strategy level. So what you're saying at the strategy before we even start to sell, mm. we have to think about where we, where we want to play. Okay. As entrepreneurs, we surround ourselves with many, many people. Some of them positive, some of them negative. Unfortunately, all those negative people tend to be a big downer. We need to be surrounding ourselves with those people who are shining light on us, making us positive. Look at the lights all around here. Make sure that you fill your life with lights around you. South Africa needs many entrepreneurs to go out and build this economy. They are the lights of South Africa. Let's go meet one. This is the Big Small Business Show, the show for you, the entrepreneur. Whether you've just started your business, whether you are flying or whether you're battling, this show is for you because you might be battling now, but flying later. You might be flying now, but battling later. And maybe some advice on the show or somebody else's insights might help you. So this show is for you. And if you are one of those corporate guys who are watching and thinking, uh, I want to come across uh, to join the entrepreneurial army, we're waiting for you. We need you. We need you to build this country. Now, this is our, our panel section. And uh, in studio with me today, I've got Nick Sproul. He's the CEO and, uh, and not the founder, but we're going to find out about these. the CEO of Blackstone Futures. And uh, he's going to be telling us about his journey as an entrepreneur. Welcome. Thank you very much, Alan. Right. So let's first start with Blackstone Futures. Sounds like a business that trades futures. It, it is a little bit. We're definitely in the financial sector. Mm. Uh, we offer clients a product where they can get access to the financial markets. It's a trading product. We provide access to hundreds of different markets where the man in the street can get access to markets that, that traditionally were only available to stockbrokers or investment banks. So we simplify the product a little bit for the clients and we provide uh, simple and easy to use platforms so that they can you know feel part of the economy if they want or part of, part of the markets and not just leave it to their stockbrokers or their investment managers to manage their portfolios. So what, what does that mean that they they actually are trading themselves on your platform? Exactly exactly okay. so we have two different platforms that the clients can use one's an internet based one and the other's a downloaded platform they have access on mobile phones and we provide you know, uh, pricing of all sorts of different markets from FX pairs, commodities, shares, and, and then they decide which way they think the markets are going to go, and then they trade accordingly. 
Do you provide advice or insight into where you think the market's going or a particular share or a particular currency? Unfortunately, our license doesn't allow us to, to offer that kind of advice. What we do try and do is provide a lot of training to the clients where they get um, you know, daily updates on what the markets are doing, potential opportunities that are opening up, but it's, we can't actually execute the trades for the clients or tell them at what levels they should be executing. But we try and provide some market color for them. The, the business has been around since 2009, mm. and uh, you've uh, only been part of it since 2015. You bought in? That's correct, yes. Um, I'd spent a long time, a long part of my career overseas in London mainly, and I'd been involved in the same sort of space. And an opportunity came up from a guy that I'd been working with in London at one point, And he said, if you ever decide to return to South Africa, then maybe we should put something together. So that's how it started. And then after a, a short while of working together, it, it sort of made sense for me to take over the running of the business. And, and I bought the rest of the shares out from him. So, so just let's come back to the actual business model now. You know, in, in my mind, there's the old traditional broker where you used to in those days, pick up the phone and say, buy, you know, one million, sell one million, you know, yeah, very exactly. much a, yeah. a, a Wall Street uh, movie <laughs> yeah. kind Wolf of, of Wall Street, yeah. yeah. But, but today it's not like that. They basically have the software, they've got information and trade themselves, and you take a piece of, of every transaction. Is that right? That's exactly right. We have a, a, a small commission out of every trade that the client trades. Um, we're very incentivized that the clients do well out of their trading because the more they trade and the better they do, the more we, the better we do out of the business. Um, and people have access to a huge amount of information at the moment, just as much as a lot of the Wall Street guys, you know, internet provides a huge amount of access. Uh, a lot of training programs out there that give clients the same sort of tools um, that, that a Wall Street trader would have or a JSE trader would have, and they can, they can make use of those to try and, you know, influence their own investment decisions. Is there, is there a big competitive environment in South Africa? It's a very competitive environment here in South Africa. You've obviously got um, some of the, the local big players, and then more and more, you know, it's easier and easier for international players to come and tap into our markets. You know, it's literally a website, uh, potentially an FSB regulation, although some of them, well, it's not FSCA, sorry, um, and some of them don't even get regulated, but still are able to access our markets via you know the online marketing channels so how do you so how do you get your your business is it all online are you marketing online most of our business is is attracted from online um it's it's where people spend a huge amount of time whether it's on a facebook or a internet search um that is the predominant area where we get our business from um we try and provide quite a lot of information to clients you know, little teaser articles or something to learn a little bit more about trading or a, a free webinar that we might be putting on. And that's typically how we get them in. And then hopefully we can service them. You know, well, what does that look like to service a client? So it's very much from the point of engagement that they get some benefit from looking at our article or reading, you know, uh, or visiting a webinar of one of ours. And then we'll you know, off, always off, ask them to try and open up a demo account so they get a feel for what the business is like. Our staff are very good, or the girls in my office are very good at, you know, engaging with those customers as soon as they open an account to try and make them feel welcome. And we, we, we really do emphasize that we, there's no pressure selling. They need to feel comfortable with what they're doing because people can lose money trading. So let's come back to, so that's how you're getting them in the, the 
the, the, this must be a business of confidence because you know you, I'm going to put my money. I'm going to um, transfer money off my credit card or whatever that, that means is to to set up my account. How do I know you're not going to run off with my money? Sure. So I think regulation is a huge part of that. We FSCA regulated, and you know they're fairly stringent controls around that. We have segregated client fund accounts where our clients' funds are, are, are held. And you know, I think over time you build up a reputation of making sure people get paid on time, making sure people, when they request their money, that they get it. That's one of the most important things I've instilled in the business is that when a person wants their money, they get it straight away. And I think that builds that level of confidence and, and you get the referrals um, based on those type of actions. We're going to have to take a break now. When we come back, I'm going to talk uh, a bit more about the, the growth issues that uh, Nick is um, experiencing right now. Do stay tuned. This is the Big Small Business Show, and this is our panel segment. Uh, and I'm in studio here with Nick Sproul. He is the CEO of Blackstone Futures. And uh, there is very little continuity on the show, as you, you know. If you've seen the show before, you'll know I have hair in one segment and a beard in the next. So now I've got a glass of water now here, and I didn't have it just now. But that's okay, and then my thing's all tied up here. But anyway, just... Uh, just upsetting my producer. Hello, Nick. Hello, Alan. Right, let's talk about the business in terms of the number of people. You've got um, five people who are permanent, five people who are, um, are not permanent or, or who are contractors or consultants. Correct. Consultants. Just give me a sense of how that's made up. So the, the employed staff per se, the, 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 the staff that are in the office all the time, mostly around customer service and client retention um, staff members. Also have somebody else that helps me out with projects and other you know, issues that I, that I might be having. Um, and, and they're very much focused on looking after the client base and making sure that um, you know, they're well serviced, they get the training that they need, and that they understand the products that they're trading. Okay, and the, the, and the consultants of marketing yeah, so typically marketing, we also have guys that provide uh, financial, not advice, but uh, do webinars, mm. some other training that we have. We have daily videos that we put out to our clients so that they can get a sense of where the markets are from professional traders or from other guys that are, that are not part of the business. They, they're external and, and give their own feedback on, on where things are. Nick, some of the issues, you know, you, we, we spoke during the break about uh, some of the the growth issues that you experienced. You don't want to maybe touch on one or two of them that you know that we can discuss today because I'm here to try and maybe give you something to reflect on. What what are some of the issues you're experiencing with the growth? I think some of the things are are, are knowing which critical hires are next. You know, do you get a, a much bigger finance team involved? Do you get a um, a more legal type of person involved in the business? Do you perhaps bring in some of that marketing in house so that you get a little bit more continuity. 
I think those are the kind of challenges that we're dealing with at the moment where it's, it's making the next decision and, and personnel and making sure that the, the next key personnel that you bring onto the business add value without costing too much. Um, you know, there's always that worry that by bringing on a permanent marketing person, it might strain your overheads a little bit yeah. rather than continue to use consultants. Yeah. So let me ask you the question around what you, what you believe are the core competencies of the business. Like, what do you think the three, let's give it three or four core competencies within your business? I think we have a very competitive product in the one that we offer in terms of the price that our customers pay. I'm not talking about USP. Sorry. Okay, unique setting price. I want to know what your core competency is. What what within your business um, are you really, really good at or need to be good at? Let's keep it at need to be good at in order to succeed long term. I think you have to have a passion for what you're doing. And I think we've instilled that in, in, our, in our team, that they're all very passionate about helping our client base. Um, we run a slightly different business model to a lot of our competitors in that we have no conflict of interest with our clients. And so that, I think that's one of the, the things that we've tried to instill, that we really want to help those clients get through the learning phases, developing their trading and, and getting, you know, becoming proficient traders. I think those are some of the keys that okay. we, we focus on. Uh, you're missing me here, but I, I'm going to bring that up okay. in, in, the, in the next segment sure. because I think that's a key to answering your question is if you can answer that question, you can answer most of your questions okay. uh, yourself. All right. So I think we'll, we'll leave that to the next segment. Just coming back to the sales side and the marketing side, you say most of your, your inquiries and your, uh, your clients come from online. Just is that is that uh, search SEO? Is it is it Google AdWords? Is it what is it? To be honest, most of it comes through social media. Yeah. Um, we do do a tiny bit of Google AdWords, but that's very expensive in our space. And being a smaller fish in in, in a big pond, mm. we're competing with overseas budgets for a lot of that to try and you know seven hundred and fifty rand a click or something in some of our. It, it makes it incredibly expensive. So we use a lot of social media, try and build up audiences, understand our client bases, uh, understand their needs, and, and try and appeal to those in order to attract the clients to our, to our business. And, and in that environment, can you tell me if you spend, I'm just going to make up a yeah. number, if you spend 50,000 Rand a month on that, you get X. If you spend 40,000, you get X minus, and if you spend 60,000, you get X plus. Yep. Have you got a sense of the relationship between the leads and the spend? Do you have that as a ratio? We a do, ratio? and we've got a good idea of how much it costs us to acquire a, a customer. Yeah. Um, but the quality of the customer, sometimes as you go more, you're yes. basically trying to reach a much wider audience that isn't necessarily as interested in your product as you know, you would like them to be. Right. So there's a fine balance as to how much we spend on a social media campaign. Okay. Um, because otherwise, the quality of the leads is just, people are often signing up and they're not sure what they're signing up for. And well, we don't want to encourage people that don't understand the product to be involved. What's the stickiness to a platform? In other words, if I'm currently on a different platform with one of your competitors, yes. like how hard is it for me to, to, to leave that and come to you? So typically, it's very easy for a lot of brokers who offer big deposit bonuses or certain bonuses. Uh, in our instance, because we don't take any risk against clients, we, we can't 
offer those big incentives. So we really have well, to like incentivize. Like a sign, sign on bonus. Exactly, talking, right? exactly. So we really have to incentivize the clients to read one of our articles or read one of, come to one of our webinars or seminars that we offer. And then we hope that, you know, once they've just done that little bit of sign up, i.e. to a demo platform or something, we can convince them with the, the girls that give them a call and the, and the after sales service, if that makes sense. It, uh, one, maybe two more, mm. we've got one minute. Two. Key success factor then for, for me in my mind is a number of clients, the volume of trades. Correct. Okay. And uh, how long you keep your client. The, right. Those are the two, exactly. right? So let's now just jump to, to the last question because very quickly in less than a minute. Your systems in your, I'm not talking about the, your platform. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about the, back the system, office. the back office mm. systems. Um, who looks after them? How, out of a score out of 10, what would you give yourself? I'd probably give ourselves a seven. Yeah. Um, these sort of things have become incredibly automated with unbelievable tools to automatically message clients if they haven't traded for a week or a month or if they traded a particular product. Um, I think that's an area we could definitely look at. Um, you know, it, a lot of the, the, the new entrants into the space have come from the gaming sector yeah. and the gaming sector understand clients unbelievably yeah. well. Yeah. Um, all right, that's, uh, that's all we've got time for in this segment. We're going to come back uh, straight after this break and talk about uh, some ideas to think about in terms of uh, solving some of these growth issues and uh, uh, maybe some idea of where to focus on your core competency. This is the Big Small Business Show, and this is uh, part three of our panel segment. Uh, for those of you just tuned in, I'm here with Nick Sproul, who is uh, CEO of Blackstone Futures, and we've been talking about the business and its uh, its growth over the last uh, couple of years. Another question now is about whether you know how to grow. So let's let's just talk about scale first. The concept of scale. Um, so in scale. The general feeling around scale is there are three requirements. I believe that there are four, five requirements, actually, but the, the general consensus is that you need systems and processes, number one. Number two is you need capital. And number three, you need talent. Not necessarily in that order, right? Those are the three general things. I think you need a profitable market and you need a, a leadership as well. Those are the five things that I believe that are additional to for, for scale. So I can't talk about the leadership now. I can't talk about, because um, I don't know if yeah. you're a good or bad leader. I can't talk about profitable markets. You've come into an environment, you say you're running a less profitable mo model, um, therefore you need higher volume. So are there profitable markets? I assume there are, everyone can trade, yeah. um, but you're in a high, highly competitive environment. But there is a place before scale, because the, the, the discussion today is scale, scale, scale. Okay, but there's a place just before scale, which is growth. It's just that growth place. So we all focus on all the scale, but we actually there's a, actually a, a softer place in between, right where you are, where a lot of our viewers are in the space, where there are five to ten people, and now all of a sudden things are getting complex. So the first thing you have to understand, and, and I'm sure you understand this, so this is not for you, it's for the viewers, is the concept of, of complexity. So you and I here, we, we, there's just two of us, 
and we're having a discussion. So there's two ways that there's uh, one communication direction this way and there's another one here. The moment we have a third person in, it's not three, it's now six, one, two, three, four, five, six, right. So complex, complexity is exponential. Four people is 16 and so on and so forth. As businesses grow, the leadership in that business doesn't understand complexity and, and under, underestimates uh, the cost of complexity, the cost yeah. to manage complexity, and the fact that complexity also means that structurally the business needs to change. So sometimes it's um, a, a functional thing. Uh, for example, we always used to meet as a whole team. Now we can't fit in the room. Now we have to go to two rooms. And how do we communicate? The second, the second thing I, I want to come to is the other concept, which is the core competency. In, in this growth phase, it's about getting to understand our core competency. When I spoke about core competency, the yeah. first thing you thought was, am I talking about USP, yeah. unique selling proposition? That's our sales side. Okay. A growth piece is how you grow as a business, is around what are the competencies, what are, let, let me put it in another way, what are the innate abilities of that, your business that you require in-house in order to succeed? Yes. In-house in order to succeed. Core competencies are never outsourced, they are in-house. So what that really means is you have to understand your business in the sense that without this, I cannot succeed. In my mind, just listening to you, you've got two core competencies that you require, marketing and retention, yeah. right? If you can't market, okay, because the platform's there already, yeah. okay? If you can't get clients, you're not gonna grow. Full stop. You're going to lose them. They'll decay. Yes. Okay. You'll atrophy as a business. If you can't retain them, you're not going to get sufficient volume. You're not going to get enough value. So how do you do, do that? And perhaps the third one is the advice piece, that you are very good at the advice piece. But everyone's good, and then we can argue around how much advice, and are you a, a curator of advice, or is it innate in your, your business? So I'm going to leave that out for now. So for me, the, t the two things that you have to, over time, and I'm emphasizing over time, bring out in-house, is the ability to market. And when I talk about in-house, you, as the leader of that business, need to know it backwards. Because this is not actually a trading business. This is a marketing business. Okay? That's what it is. Yeah. This is actually not a trading business. This is a, a customer service business. It's about knowing your client backward, inside and out, just like you mentioned around the gaming. So for me, your next hires have to be around your, 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 not your USB, around your core competence. You have to, first of all, watch this again and say, is this guy talking crap or is he like making sense? And if I'm making sense, then that has to be the way that you start directing the structure of your business. In other words, when you, when you go to now from an organization, from core competence, your organizational structure needs to emulate what your core competence is. So if if you don't have a head of marketing, even yeah. if it's you, if you can't build this business. If you don't have a head of client retention, even if it's you, you can't, you can't build this business. So the structure, your organogram has to reflect your core competence. Yeah. I mean, are you following? Are you following no, the, 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 okay. Yes, I get you. So to me, those are, the, those are the, the places that you need to focus. So now you start coming back to the system side. Yes. And to me, once again, in terms of energy spent, your energy needs to be about what are the systems, what's the reporting, what's the, the level of nuance I need to have in my systems 
that can make me better than anyone else at marketing this particular type of business. And one of the systems that I need in place with all its nuance that allow me to, to retain my clients better than anyone else. And you start now building the system. So you've got structure, you've got the systems being built, and then once that's in place, then you populate with people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't. So you have to hold in proxy. You, uh, you have to hold those roles in proxy. And only when it's ready, when you, uh, you bring in those people and, and then like, like a, I'm going to say like a doting father, yeah. watch that to make sure that the, those, those roles are well filled with the right people, with the right cultural fit, the right competency, and with, with, with insight and, and love for your vision of the business too. And that's, to me, the only thing I'd focus on right now. Okay, thanks very much, Alan. It's very telling and valuable advice. I mean, sometimes you need to hear it from somebody else before you, you know, the penny drops a lot of the time. Great. Nick, thanks so much uh, for being vulnerable and being on the show and, and, and uh, sharing your business with us. I think it's, so, it's very exciting for me to see businesses in South Africa growing, and I look forward to seeing great, uh, great news about your business going from 5 to 10 to 50 to 100, and perhaps even global. Thanks very much, Alon. Really appreciate it. Please stay tuned to see what's coming up after the break. You activate the vagus nerve, strong vagal tone, stress gets turned off. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs>